When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Dolphin and Death Podcast. I'm Daniel Yafusi. That I'm David Neal. Is David Neal. Thanks so much for tuning in. Quick reminder before we start, make sure to subscribe to the Miami Herald YouTube page, like, share, comment, as well as subscribe to the Miami Herald. That one. one. Now, the Dolphins are returning home for their season opener. Two weeks into the season, finally returning to Hard Rock uh, to host a game in the 2023 NFL season. They're doing it a perfect 2-0. The Dolphins starting the season uh, with two wins on the road. They're one of two undefeated teams in the AFC, one of nine undefeated teams remaining in the NFL, and they are looking pretty dang good uh, or, uh, while doing that. Um, Dolphins last Sunday uh, coming away with a 24-17 road win over the New England Patriots. Looked like uh, they were going to kind of cruise to, you know, a pretty, I, I call it economical and not, you know, needing uh, everything in the tank. Uh, the Patriots, as they do, make it close. Uh, but in the end, the Dolphins get a last stop similar to week one. They get a big stop on fourth down uh, and they go back home happy and again, two and oh, which is the most important thing. You know, since uh, I posted a stat earlier today, uh, since 1990, I believe it's 63%, close to 64% of teams who start two and oh, make the postseason and about 41, 42% of teams who start two and oh, win the division. So again, two and oh, with two road wins in the conference, uh, one in the division. Um, and again, the only undefeated team uh, in the AFC East uh, and two in the in the conference, definitely a strong start for the Miami Dolphins. And there's a lot of praise to go around. Um, you know, I think that this past win on Sunday really showed the balance uh, of this team and, and really the depth. I think that there were those were two questions that we had about this team. Um, one on offense, like how what is this offense going to look like? And through two games, I mean, this offense, I, I kept on saying I didn't really I wasn't sure how much better they could get but they look a lot better. Like Mike McDaniel came back from the offseason. He schemed up some stuff. Um, you're seeing a lot of new motions and new uh, new schemes and new, um, you know, kind of wrinkles to this offense that are keeping defenses on their heels. Um, Two is playing extremely well. We already know what Tyreek is, Tyreek Hill is, him and Jalen Waddle. You know, you're seeing some of the, the secondary guys step up, whether it's uh, Braxton Berrios or River Craycraft. Um, and then they're getting it done on the ground. You know, they ran for 145 yards this past Sunday. Um, 30 runs, 30 passes. I know not all the runs were necessarily like design runs. Some of them were scrambles. Some of them were new downs. But to have that relative balance, I think I looked up the numbers earlier today. Uh, it was the third most called design runs for the Dolphins since McDaniel came there. And it wasn't like, oh, they were up by three scores and they just, you know, were just kind of 
running the ball, uh, running the clock out. Like this was a deliberate effort um, to, you know, like they said, to take advantage of what the defense was giving them. They wanted to play three safeties at sometimes, play a lot of two safeties, uh, protecting against the deep ball. The Dolphins had no problem running the ball. And it's like when they were, weren't getting, you know, five, six, when they were maybe getting two, three, they kept on at it. Um, so that balance and then the depth, you know, again, you know, we talked about the offensive line last week, Kendall Lamb playing left tackle again. Um, you know, they only gave, they've only given up one sack through uh, two games. Andrew Van Ginkle, who, you know, he played 50 snaps at inside linebacker week one, Jalen Phillips goes out and now he's at edge and he looks like he had the game of his life. Uh, so the balance and the depth is what's really sticking out to me uh, for this team through this two and zero start. Yeah. That the, uh, the way they, approach the Patriots game was pretty impressive. Uh, they, you know, were able to run the ball and they stayed with the run. You know, they didn't get, you know, like I said, you know, you get two, three yard gain. Okay, fine. You know, you come back. That's that's, there's no reason to get away from it and be frustrated by, by and think, oh, right, now we got to, you know, throw the ball to get into third and third and short. Um, and they, I mean, they obviously did a very good job running the ball and you, Saw like you know where he most to break open the, you know, break open the touchdown that you know wound up being the game winner, um, and I like the way that uh, most of the game I I, I like the, the way this Dolphins team looked. They they just looked really in control of that game. Um, you never it was one of those weird games where you the Patriots weren't out of it but you never really they really had a shot if they were in it and then it's 17 yeah. 10 you're like Ugh. and then you know the most are touchdown you're like oh okay well okay you know we're done and then, and then you know but then New England comes back down to feel bing 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 and it's 24 17 again and you're kind of like how are we here how how is this happening how are we here but uh that was a very you know professional very professional NFL win you know it was uh, a game that you know they stayed they stayed with it. They, they got close. Uh, they got first downs when they needed to at the near the end, well, with the exception of the funky snap, which is the, probably the one thing that's kind of worrisome is uh, the snaps. Um, and I can tell you, any co- coaches hate. I know coaches hate you know any kind of drama with the snap. And uh, the Dolphins have had a little too much drama with the snap. Even on the even on the the, the end of game, you know, I didn't even realize it. I had to go back when I was doing film study and I was rewatching the game. The very first kneel down toward the end of the game, they they missed they mishandled the the center exchange, and Tua had to kind of fall on the ball and make sure the uh, Patriots didn't recover. So yeah, I mean, we've had, we've had at least at least three or so mishaps in the first two games. We've had a couple other lows, low snaps, high snaps, off off center snaps. So, yeah, that's something that, uh, yeah. you know, we had these issues last summer. And I've said it again, we had these issues last summer with Connor Williams in his transition from guard to center. The issues didn't really pop up in last year's regular season. But now we're seeing some of those issues from the summer creep into the regular season. I'm not really sure how you fix that. But, yeah, I mean, that's like the one thing on offense that you can really kind of like complain about at this point. Right, and, and it, it, I mean, it, not to just like hammer, but it, it, that's one of those things that it, it's just so such a basic thing. I mean, it's the start of your bleep and play, you know. It's you know, in in you know, offenses or rhythm offenses, you know, even when they don't seem to be rhythm offenses, and it's you know, it's just like the first, you know, the first note of the song, the 
you know, the drummer and the bassist are off and you're like, oh, okay, great. You know, this is what we got going on here. Um, but other than that, other than that, uh, yeah, I like the way this, like the look of this Dolphins team, um, like the way they handled their business, like the way they bounced back uh, as far as a run, as a defense, especially against the run. Um, yeah, it was a, it was a very, like I say, a very professional NFL win in a place that, you know, even though Tom Brady's not there anymore and, you know, all those guys who, all those other guys who made it really hard to win there, you know, from, you know, Richard Seymour forward, uh, they're not there anymore and there's new guys there. That's still a pretty well-coached team that's still not the most fun place to play, especially a night game there. That that place has been rough for night games, you know, for since the 70s, literally. And um, so, you know, Foxborough is not a great place to – not a fun place to go to, not a fun place to play. Dolphins went in there, did what they needed to do, did what, you know, I'm pretty sure, you know, strategically you look like they probably, probably had to do. And they won, and that's and so now, you know, you come home and you get you get a, kind of a a rocky dent, not to be, not no pun intended, a, a Denver team that's you know kind of rocky right now, um, and uh, yeah, it was just a good game, and uh, liked a lot of the things I saw out of the Dolphins, um, yeah, so yeah, yeah there's just not a lot to. Yeah, about the... yeah, it, it was a, it was a weird game because, like you said, there, it wasn't really back and forth like week one. Although you know it did come down to the last possession more or less, um, there really wasn't a time where like even there were times when the momentum could have swung. You know, uh, whether it was the, the the blocked punt or the blocked through goal, which was a great call on New England side, just kind of one of those things that you expect yeah. from New England. Um, you know, Tua's interception that was like the one r- real miscue that he had, and even after that, you know, they get the, they get uh forced three and out right after that. Um, so there were times when the momentum could have swung, but you know the Dolphins just I think they really showed like the 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 edge. And, and players that they have and talent and then really in coaching like I I thought that really that was a game where McDaniel and his staff really had uh Belichick and his staff out coached honestly like uh, with a lot of the stuff that they're gonna do on offense um and, and again you know not being you know flustered by them taking away the deep pass being very methodical and hitting parts of the field that again we've said it throughout the offseason um not just focusing on the middle of the field but hitting different parts of the field um and finding you know different ways to get the ball in the in the hands of your playmakers that, that was pretty impressive and like McDaniel said I mean they're gonna look at this game uh and see that hey, it didn't even need to be this close like it probably could have been like a two score two score win maybe a three score win if they just clean up a little a, a couple little things and as good as they've looked um you know there's still is you know maybe a little another level that they can tap into on both sides of the ball for sure yeah i, I definitely agree uh but one of the things they did do this game that i think it was complimentary football um there was not you know you have the blocked field goal which was that really was a really, really cool, cool setup, uh, a concept that New England ran at him a couple of times. Um, yeah, the block field goal really doesn't really wind up not meaning much. Uh, two of those, the interception, they get three and out. Um, it's, you know, that's what complimentary football is. It's like, okay, when you, you know, there's an action against reaction by a different part for, or, you know, you create, you know, you create something, 
Barrios, you know, gets the big punt return. And then, okay, then another side of the ball picks up the baton and takes the rest of the way at the offense. I mean, you know, the most are touchdown run. Uh, it was very, very good complimentary football. And, um, yeah, so uh, I think they've reached a stage where now they can refine themselves um, and uh, refine what they're doing. So, you know, some of those small things that kept them from putting this game away early, they can take care of that. And then in the same situation, in a similar situation down the road, a few games down the road, they get this done and put it away and much less stress and fuss on everybody. Um, so yeah. Uh, so that's, uh, you know, two and oh, you can't ask for anything. Obviously can't ask for anything better on the record. Uh, you know, the, what you didn't like in the first week, he kind of, you saw improved in the second week, uh, you knew you weren't going to be lighting that New England up for 36, 35, 36 points. We we knew that. Um, we'd have been shocked if they did. In fact, we, we came pretty close, by the way, on that final score. We're not, we weren't too far off. 26, 17. 27, 16. I agreed with you because that actually was in my head. Is it, you know, before, right before you said it. But yeah, 27, yeah. 16 seems like that. Um, and yeah, uh, they did. They did what with what they had to do and uh dealt with some dealt with you know the adversity and um yeah so you know now on to Denver and uh, rather on to hosting Denver. Yeah, yeah, like like McDaniel said, and uh I think I think two also kind of had similar comments, you know, you know, it's, it's tough to blow teams out, especially on prime time, especially on the road. Um, but, you know, for them to come in and, you know, get, you know, what was what was an, uh, eventually, you know, kind of a hard-fought battle, um, a hard-fought game, you know, kind of holding off the Patriots. Um, and, and, again, improving to 1-0 in, in the division, 2-0 uh, in the conference. And then, again, just starting the season off with two road wins. Uh, but, uh, that, that was pretty impressive because, you know, when we looked at the schedule, uh, we saw those first two games and we're like, all right, Chargers on the road is going to be tough. They're looming on the road for, you know, whatever you may say about them. Um, that's going that's, that's not going to be an easy game, and it wasn't, but they come out sure. with the win. And like you said, they're moving on uh, to hosting uh, Denver this Sunday at 2-0. and All right, we're going to take a short break, but when we come back on the other side of things, the Dolphins are 2-0, and uh, and last week we talked about whether they should be the favorite in the AFC East. We're taking yeah. it a step further. Should they be the favorites in the AFC entirely, the entire conference? Slow down. <laughs> We're going to talk about that. Well. Come on. <laughs> We're going to talk about that as well as give some questions on uh, this next game, the home opener against the Denver Broncos. So stay locked with us, and we'll be back soon. What's going on, everybody? Still here on the Dolphins in that podcast with David Neal talking all things Dolphins. Now, in the first half, we discuss the Dolphins' 2-0 start to the season with two wins on the road. And as I said before, the Dolphins are one of two undefeated teams remaining in the AFC. Now, after their opening week win over the Chargers, uh, as well as some rough starts across the rest of the division, the Dolphins... And some ripped Achilles and, you know... <laughs> just just that, that sort of stuff. The Dolphins quickly vaulted up uh, as the betting odds to win the AFC East. Now, the question is... Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. After a second straight win, are the Dolphins the favorites in the AFC? Now, uh, the AFC was viewed as you know, the power conference, especially over the NFC entering the season. Um, but, you know, it's kind of kind of have a reversal of roles. You know, you have two undefeated teams in the AFC. You have seven in the NFC, which I believe I saw as a record to start the first two games of the season. Some of yeah, the but look, look, look at that hot garbage they got over there in the NFC. Come I mean, on. so I mean you I regardless of what we thought before, your record is what your what your record is. So I see a lot of two and teams in the NFC. I'm not saying it's gonna stay that way. I'm saying there's seven undefeated teams in the NFC and there's two in the AFC and a lot of the heavyweights in the AFC uh, that we expected to be dominant. It's early in the season, but they haven't looked like we expected. We have the, obviously the bills bounce back in a big way, uh, blowing out the Raiders, uh, but the Bengals fall to 0-2, the Chargers fall to 0-2. Obviously the Jets aren't really in the picture anymore after they lost Aaron Rodgers and they got blown out against the Cowboys. Um, the Chiefs bounce back as well uh, with a pretty solid win on the road. Um, but I'm kind of back on the bandwagon with the Dolphins. I gotta say, so you know, in the off season, I'm you know, in the off season, I was very, very bullish on. Oh, the um, I don't know what. Oh, I know what happened in between that time and week one. They had some injuries, obviously to Jalen Ramsey, to uh, to Ron Armstead, who still has not yet made his season date. Right. So. Um, he's getting closer, but it's not hit the hit the field yet. But I think my biggest question was what was the next step going to be for this offense? I was very, very confident this defense, even without Jalen Ramsey for most of the season, was going to look really good. And I think that what we saw on Sunday is more reflective, uh, more, more more resembles what we're going to see from this defense throughout the rest of the season instead of the week one performance where they gave up 200 yards, struggled to get off the field, couldn't really pressure the quarterback. Um, but honestly, this looks like the best offense in the NFL by – a pretty significant margin. I mean, they're they're top five in points right now. Um, they lead the NFL in yards per play by a full point. So it's not like oh, they're kind of just. I mean, they're they're way ahead of the pack. Seven point three yards per play. Um, the passing game in particular, like I just don't know. Like I'm I, I'm at a loss. Like I don't know how you stop it right now. Um, because it's not. You know, there's a lot of, you know, preconceived notions about Tua, about, you know, how this offense works or not. Um, they're doing everything right now. Um, it's not just throwing the ball deep and, you know, hoping Tyreek gets by the last line of defense. Um, it's not just yards after the catch and, you know, throwing it five yards and having Tyreek and Jalen do the rest of it. I mean, they're, they're doing a lot. I mean, they're, they're throwing it short. They're throwing it intermediate. They're throwing it deep. They're hitting the line of script behind the line of scrimmage. They're hitting the flats. Um and it's not just like, oh, we're throwing it to Tyreek. Obviously, they threw to Tyreek a lot in week one, but it's not just that. It's like using Tyreek to open up other guys, using other guys that you wouldn't think, like Durham Smythe, or River Craycraft, or Braxton Barris, to open up lanes for Tyreek and Jalen Waddle. And again, everything is kind of barring health knock on wood. Um, but this is looking more like the offense that we saw, you know, when they had that that really strong one through November, October, November, when Tua came back. Um, and it's like no offense had an answer for them. You know, when we talked about the Chargers game plan and trotting the middle of the field, I mean, that, that's easier said than done. And we're seeing that. 
Um, because the, the Patriots definitely wanted to take over the middle, take away the middle of the field. That's why we usually saw one or two defenders over there. We saw two deep safeties. They want to take over take away the middle, the crossing routes, the uh the deep stuff. Um, and the Dolphins had no problem, you know, just using motion to open up lanes in different parts of the field. Um, so I mean, it, it feels like I mean they scored 27. Um, uh, I believe they scored, uh, excuse me, they scored 24, um, you know, this past Sunday. I think that on, you know, what was kind of like an okay, I, I really think that the offense performance truly was kind of okay. They left points on the board. Um, they got off to, to a strong start and they kind of sputtered in the second half. Um, so I'd say 24 points was kind of like a okay day for them. Um, you know, if you're scoring 27 or 30 points a game, um, and you have a defense that can rush the passer the way that, you know, the Dolphins showed this past Sunday, especially, um, it, it's going to be tough. And, and I go back to what I said in the off season, where I think that the high end, level talent is as good as any team in the AFC. You know, obviously um, injuries sometimes come into play and then your depth is kick, has the kick in and we, we've seen the depth step up. But at the end of the day, you know, if everyone's healthy, you, you got to guard Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle. You got to, you know, you, you got to uh, block, you know, Bradley Chubb and Jalen Phillips when he gets, gets back healthy. Um, and the high-end level talent is, you know, as good, if not better, than every team in the AFC. Um, and when you mix in the coaching and the fact that they just seem prepared every single game or more games than not, they seem one step ahead of the coaching staff and their opposing their opponents. Um, again, I think they match up as just as well with any team. And that, that's including KC. I mean, Kansas City, I think that that's going to be a really interesting game in a couple of weeks from now uh, in Germany. Um, and then, I don't know, I guess that's when I'll either be able to kind of, you know, uh, toot my projection prediction or, you know, you'll kind of be mocking me. But um, I think that this is the most impressive team in the FC through two weeks. And I, I think that, you know, they're the most talented team for sure. Uh, um, T- name name a team, name a team, and I'll give you a reason why. I'll give you a reason why. I, I don't look. Are in a better position. I, like, um, I don't know that. I think two weeks is a very small sample size. <laughs> it's a very. If we're small not going to stand on, on takes, we're going to do it. That's why I'm saying slow down. You know, it's it's. I've seen know, enough. I've seen enough. You know, come on. This is. I, what team? Well, would you would you would you go as far as say the Dolphins have been the most impressive team in the AFC through two weeks? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, starting starting the year off with two wins on the road, two, in the right. conference, in the division, it doesn't get more impressive than that. Right. And as I mean, what other team ha- has the ceiling of the Dolphins right now? Really? <laughs> I'm serious. I'm serious. I'm not. I don't. No. I. I do the, I, I Dolphins, think, do the Dolphins have the best quarterback in the conference? But, I, I, that's for debate. But, but Kansas City, we, we see what Kansas City does when Kansas City has their stuff together. Now, come on, two games into a season, and you know Kansas City played one of them without without Kelsey and Jones, and when they got those two guys back, even in a you know Kelsey in a very you know half step way, uh, you know they went on the road and they beat Jacksonville, which is. I Jacksonville clearly the best team in their division, and I think one of the best teams in the conference. They're young, uh, they're getting it together. That's that's not a team I you you know nobody wants to play them now. But 
But if we're going to talk about injuries, the Dolphins haven't had two of their probably five to seven most important players on the field. They haven't played a snap with Toronto Armstead, and they haven't played a snap with cornerback. And those are the two spots where I think that anyone, everyone would say entering the season, they had the most concern about was the cornerback depth, who is going to step up there, and whether the offensive line could block for Tua and blocking the run game. They haven't allowed a single – I mean, they've only allowed a one sack, and Tua's been hit four times in I'm not two saying, games. I'm not saying that that's – that that's their offensive line has not been impressive. I complimented them last week. And, yes, one sack through two weeks in this current NFL, I don't care who you are or who you're playing, that is impressive. Um, I do I do think a, a – how, how much better are they – so how much does that improve with a healthy Teron Armstead versus does KC lose that first game if Kelsey's healthy with the way their receivers, you know, dribbled the ball all over the field? That's up for debate, but. Oh, yeah. Well, that that's my point. That, that's, my, that's my point. It's two games. I mean, it's just like. I mean, we, I'm projecting. This is about projection. It does not need to happen right now. <laughs> I mean, you could. Let's, I mean, two is the coat. Who is the betting favorite for MVP? This is the Dolphins are top three, top four betting favorites. Good games. Do they, they not? Do, do they not look like they could be the most dangerous team in the conference? I know it's two games, but from what you've seen and projecting what they could be, you know, if we're 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 anticipating that they will continue to improve. Some teams don't. Some teams do. Some teams regress. But. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm not sitting there thinking. I'm not buying that as any guarantee that they will improve. I, th- I think they are at a very good place right now. Yeah, they're a very good. Te- they're a good team. Maybe a very good team. I just think two games is two games in to say, oh yeah, they're, they're the best team in the AFC right now. You know, uh, come, let's 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 comment. I've comment. seen enough. I've seen enough. I've seen enough. I've seen yeah. enough. I've seen enough because I've already saw the vision. That's this is only this only you know reconfirmed my vision. It's not. I was like I was a believer, and then I got a little bit of trepidation, and I saw the light again. Oh, yeah. I saw the light. I mean, no, but really, but really. Um, again, it, like I said before, it goes back to what I what I thought throughout the offseason, which is the talent, like the high end talent. I really think that they match up well with just about any team in the conference. Truly. And, you know, I, I think that Baltimore there, I've, I've watched, uh, I watched both of their games, you know, they're dealing with injuries. Um, I think that the defense, you know, if faced with the right matchups, and obviously that was a, that was, a, that was actually a very impressive win on Baltimore's front going into Cincinnati, um, you know, kind of undermanned and coming away with the win. Um, but just the level of stress that this offense, this Dolphins offense puts on a defense. Again, I'm not really sure what the answer is because they're, they're, they're not just hitting guys deep, you know, they're getting the ball out quickly. They're beating the blitz. Um, they're finding guys in open voids. Um, I think that they're a matchup nightmare for, you know, just about any team in the AFC. And I think that again, the defense will start to come around. Um, you know, I think that the Patriots, obviously they're not, a very representative offense in terms of maybe the caliber of units that they're going to see, um, you know, if they, if they reach the playoffs. Um, but I do think that they're going to round into shape. Um, they're figuring things out in terms of the personnel that they want to roll with. Um, and again, I think this is a dangerous team, but I, I, I really do, you know, it's uh, 
again, it, it really, it really looks resemble. It really resembles what we saw last year, um, before Tua got hurt and before they kind of hit um, some, 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 some tough, a tough stretch of the season. Um, you're, you're really seeing what you know, what good coaching is. You know, it's building off of what you did last year, not really resting on laurels. And I think that they had no choice but to do that because of the way last season ended. Um, and again, it's a long season, but I'm just saying in terms of potential. And ceiling, the Dolphins look like a team um, that, you know, nobody wants to face, even though I know it's early in the season, but you're already seeing it, you know, to go to throw for almost 500 yards in week one and then to turn around to kind of grind out uh, a, a divisional road win with a balanced effort. Um, you know, you're, you're showing me a lot in two weeks, albeit just two games. The Dolphins are the Dolphins are already a team nobody wanted to face just because, yeah, you're right. They're they're they are a matchup problem. Um and Offensively, they're a matchup problem. And, uh, you know, yeah, defensively, they've got some high-end guys that you have to you have to deal with and you have to scheme for. And, and I just think, you know, as good as they've looked uh, in a lot of ways, I just think um, I'm not into the, you know, two games in saying, hey, you know, this – yeah. Okay. You know, even if when they're talking, like when they're like eight and one in two months, and then we're talking about you know but, one seed, I'm gonna be like, hey, I was here. I was here September 19th. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I think I just think too. I just think that's. I think it's very very early. And and I'm 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 flashing back the last time some I heard somebody two games in like get get this high on a team and it was. Oh actually, no no no! I'm not even saying I might I might even say Super Bowl. I'm not even like penciling in the playoffs. I'm just saying they to me are the most dangerous team in the conference. And I think that when it's all said and done. <laughs> The the the, the, team, the team they're the best team without all what is it three, three Super Bowl appearances and five AFC title game appearances in the last five years. That's we're not talking that, about last year. We're talking about right now. We're talking about right now. Yeah, that's yeah, that's the most dangerous. That's still the most dangerous team. And if you <laughs> that's still the most dangerous team. That you, you know how you know because they because they didn't even have their best day close to the close to their best day last week, and they beat a good team on the road. You know, so and, I mean, I guess I guess we'll find. I think when you know, November fifth or whenever that is, that, that the Germany game will be will be amazing because I feel like that's that's gonna be that game of the year. That's gonna be a very interesting game. That's going yeah. to be that's gonna be a yardstick game. It's gonna be okay. You're gonna you're gonna either find out you're gonna find out how big you are, or you're gonna find out you gonna get that yardstick across your behind like your mama used to. You know, so that's gonna be a very interesting game, and. You know the Dolphins might might win that one. I, you know, I just think, yeah, at this point, when the Dol- if if, if slash win if slash win the Dolphins beat the Broncos, well, then you admit that they are the the, the favorites in the AFC. But I have to wait till they beat the, the favorites in the AFC right now. No, no, no. I'm saying when they. I'm saying in November when they when they win slash if they beat the Chiefs, will you then admit or will they, then concede that they, they are in the conference? Depending on where they are, yeah. I mean. Yeah, it depends on where they are. Then I mean, we, we, I mean, I'm assuming. I mean, if they beat the Chiefs down the road, man. No, get... I mean it's a neutral crowd. Neutral crowd is Germany game. But Halloween. <laughs> I mean, we ain't even, we ain't even had candy yet. We ain't even bought the candy yet. You're not a man of conviction. You're not a man of foresight. <laughs> a... You don't even want to look ahead. You're just stuck in the I... present and stuck on the past. 
Talk about now. Talk about now. Oh, you, you just, you just jump. You just jump, man. You jump, jump in the gun. I mean, I said, I said this. I said this months ago. I said, I said this months ago that I'm very bullish on this team. But all right, we'll, we'll stay in the present in the oh, short term, in the short term future, uh, which is Sunday's home opener against the Denver Broncos. Finally, uh, they get to play a game at Hard Rock Stadium. It's kind of a homecoming of, of sorts. You got a lot of a. Uh, a lot of uh, connections with these two teams. Um, obviously, I think one of the, the the top ones is Mike McDaniel, who grew up um, in, in Greeley, Colorado, um, was a ball boy for the Broncos. It was really his introduction to the game, a really cool story. Um, he gets to play against his – or coach against his hometown team for the first time. You got defensive coordinator Vic Bangio, uh, who was head coach for a couple years in Denver before he was fired. You got Bradley Chubb, uh, who started his office career with the Broncos, made a couple of Pro Bowls, and then was traded last year at the deadline, got a big, fat deal. Um, Vance Joseph, former – uh, assistant with the the Dolphins now the DC under Sean Payton and you still kind of have the, the weird kind of love triangle whatever you want to call it um, a couple years back with the Dolphins kind of tampering with Sean Payton one of the reasons they lost a pick I think there's a weird kind of connection where they traded the pick to the Broncos for Chubb and the Broncos used that to get Sean Payton. Something weird like that. So you got a lot of connections here. Either way, uh, you got 2-0 against 0-2. The Broncos are winless entering the third game of the season, but they look a little more confident on offense. Um, had a shootout in Denver against the Commanders. Hail Mary at the last second. Wasn't able to tie the game and send it to overtime on the two-point attempt. But they look more confident on offense. On defense, they've struggled a bit under the new coordinator, um, giving up a lot of points. Um, sometimes struggling with the pass rush. Um, but I see this as a game that, you know, well, I'll say there are some injury questions for the Dolphins. Um, I will preface that Jalen Waddle in the in concussion protocol um, after taking a big hit late in Sunday's game. Um, Jalen Phillips and Toronto Armstead did not play last Sunday, but they're both questionable and it looks like they're getting closer um, to returning to the field. So maybe having some star players swapping in and out. But uh, this to me is a game that I think the Dolphins should win, um, especially coming back home. Russell Wilson does look um, better, but I, I think that, you know, he's still holding the ball a lot. Um, I think that, you know, if he holds the ball out, that means more opportunities to sack him or to force him into bad decisions um, on, on defense or, I guess, on the Dolphins offense facing the Broncos defense. I just see it again. Um, I'm not really sure how much uh, the Broncos are going to be able to do to stop this offense, especially at home. You know, they did a lot of this stuff on the road where, you know, they're doing silent counts and whatnot, and uh, it's a little tougher to communicate, and they still – um, looked really good on offense. I think that you know, having that home crowd behind them and a home home venue where they played really, really well the past couple of years and really defended their home turf. Um, I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I think the Dolphins kind of squeak out another uh, close game, 31-27 type of game, and uh, they move on to, to 3 and Uh Yeah, this – if the Dolphins are the team that uh, – the team that they want to be, they go out. This this should be a curb stomp. I'm sorry. This that you got <laughs> the Broncos. Are look, the Broncos look good on offense. I mean, they're not. They're, they're 0 and two, but they're not like a bad 0 and two. Oh yes, they are. They're <laughs> a bad 0. That's a bad 0 and two. You get you get lit up by 
who was it? Sam Hornish or whoever that hey they got the enemy out there. They're they're looking they're looking it, confident. Hey, commanders are two and oh. Washington? What are they? They're, they're, they're two what? and oh. You crap on all the NFC teams, the commanders are two and oh. Come on. <laughs> you know, there, there's okay. Here's what happens with numbers. You got to look at why the numbers are and who you play in and who the, the commanders and how it and how it happened. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. They the commander just they the Broncos lost a shootout to a quarterback. I'm not sure. Did he play FIU or what? I mean, I don't know. Who, who is this guy? What Sam House, Bell and How? What he's up, he's up there lighting up the Broncos in Denver. To where they need a miracle, you know, finish just to get it close. And okay, yeah, that that last two point conversion should have been passing. Should have been, been pi. Should have been pi. But hey, it, it, yeah, it was. And it wasn't really close. It was a gutless ref. So, but still, you shouldn't need that. You shouldn't need that. And now they're gonna come down here. They gonna come here in the September. Now, the, the Dolphins are rooting for that. Rooting for like days like we've had there. They're rooting for that. You know, 87 degrees, 90 degrees, 70 percent humidity. I've seen I've seen Denver come in and play that game before. And yeah, that Denver looked at, in the fourth quarter. Denver looked like they couldn't handle Booker T. So this this is a game I think that the Dolphins should go out, uh, put up a fair amount of points. Denver, I think Sean, Sean Payton, Russell Wilson still figuring out how to work together, I think. They they came on strong late last week, which that speaks well for them. But again, really, really they, they shouldn't have needed that. So I I don't think they're there yet. Uh, I'm going to show a little more confidence to the Dolphins than you are. I'm, I'm showing respect to the Broncos. <laughs> please. Yeah. <laughs> He gave up 35 points to Sudden Sam Malone or something, whatever the heck is, whoever the heck is playing quarterback for them. Uh, yeah, the 38-20. And they really need to get, they really need to come out and get this done. Get you're, this. you're looking for, you're looking for style points. You're not. No, I'm, no, I, I'm, I'm not looking at style. You, so. Please, that's not style points. That's 18.1. So Washington Commanders put up how many points on Denver in Denver? So I think that should be your that should be your minimum if you're the Dolphins and you coming home. Oh wow, you have higher expectations for them than me. It looks like. Yeah, I, 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 and, sh- and why shouldn't they? This is cl- this ain't the Orange Crush. This is the Orange Crushed. I mean, what? what why should this game be close? Why should this game close? Well, again, you know, it's week to week, different matchups. Um, again, the Broncos' offense—I mean, they're top ten. I mean, they—they—they've been able to move the ball down the field. Um, and again, you know, maybe you just don't think much of the Broncos. You don't think of the Commanders, but um, you know, through two games, the offense has looked, you know, competent to you know good. Um, and Sean Payton is is a very smart offensive minded coach. Um, I think that you know he's gone up against Vic Fangio in the in the in the NFC when he was with the Bears and whatnot. He'll he'll probably have some some counters to what they do. I'm not saying that the defense is a finished polished product, um, but I think that you know 
given the experience of those guys. I mean, I think that they'll be able to move the ball. And I think it'll be a little more back and forth. I, I don't look at, you know, the Broncos 0-2 and, and just think, oh, like, cast them off a of guard. This is going to be a cakewalk. Um, I, I don't see it as that type of game, but I do see it as a type of game where the Dolphins on offense should be able to move the ball. And I, and I do think it'll be a little bit closer uh, than, than what maybe some people are, are expecting after, you know, the first two games of the season. There's no reason. There's no reason to think that Denver should stop the Dolphins. I'm not saying they're going to stop them. I'm saying, I mean, I'm saying they're going to score 31 points. They should slow them down. I mean, really? <laughs> 31 on. is like 31 is like top two, three in the league. Like that's that's not slowing them down. That's a that's a pretty good day at the office if you score 31 points. I I think the Dodgers should score more than that. I honestly wow. do. I just I it's like why why shouldn't they? This is a stunning turn of the change of events. You know, I was looking like. I, no, we're you're talking. See, we're talking different th- different things. This isn't even apples and oranges. This is a different discussion of you know how do they rank in the AFC versus how do they rank it against this zero and two team that you know just got just lost to a you know a, a desperate the desperate not very good Washington team. Like I, I'm sorry, they're yeah, they're two and zero. So is Atlanta. Big deal. Hey, yeah, well, we could be saying, but. That, I I hear you. I hear you. Uh, that that I, and I I watched the that Atlanta Packers game and I'm like, okay, they're they're two two and zero. Oh. I'm I'm not I'm not particularly impressed with that. I'm much more impressed with the Dolphins two and zero oh than you know Atlanta or Washington's. And fair, fair enough, all wins aren't created equal, but they count the same. Uh, they, I hear you, and we're both expecting the Dolphins to move to 3-0 and at home. However, you have much higher expectations for them in that win than I do. Uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> I'm saying, <laughs> I hear you. So I'm saying Dolphins 31.7. You're saying more along the lines of 30, 30. 20, uh, a cool, calm, casual cruise of a win. Um, we're both, for the second week in a row, siding with the Dolphins on the same side of the prediction. So we'll see how uh, that goes uh, Sunday afternoon. All right, that brings us to the end of another edition of the Dolphins In-Depth Podcast. I want to thank you guys, as always, for tuning in. Reminder to subscribe to the Miami Herald YouTube page. To the Miami Herald. To the Miami Herald. As well as subscribe to the Miami Herald. We're going to have a ton of content throughout the week, as always. We've got my coach, Mike McDaniel, on Wednesday, as well as Tua Tonovaloa, coordinators and assistants on Thursday, all leading up uh, to Sunday's home opener, 1 p.m. Uh, so definitely stay locked to the Miami Herald uh, and all of our latest Dolphins updates. We'll be back next week to recap another weekend of Dolphins football. But until then, you guys take care. See ya. Night-night. <laughs>